This is the first sound check for the Gabe and Walt show. This is Gabe of the Gabe and Walt show doing first sound check as well. There you go. Hell of a game so far. Well, hell of a game, period. Game's over. Yeah. So. All right, everyone out there, this is the Gabe and Walt Show. My name is Gabriel Marte, and I am joined by my uh, other better half, Mr. Walter Melgar. Better half? I don't know about that. Better half. I but mean, better half. You're the, you're, you're the football guy. You're the sports guy. You know more. I am always on your coattails. That's absolutely for sure. Well, you know what? We 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 play off each other very very well. So that's what makes this podcast so freaking awesome. So. <laughs> So, um, I'm sure that you guys uh, are seeing or sensing or reading or have realized that there has been a bit of a change to the show, and we're going to get into that in a bit of a moment. Um, but first and foremost, please um, please go like, like, rate, share, and subscribe to uh, the Gabe and Walt show. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the best way to support us. We're always going to harp on that. Um, and uh, thank you guys for joining us. Um, one quick thing, you know, before we get into all the Super Bowl 56 talk, 56, right? I don't yep. know why my head is fuzzy right now already after this crazy emotional kind of game, at least for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, we are now the Gabe and Walt Show, formerly the Arena podcast. But the Gabe and Walt Show, I think, has a little bit of a better ring to it, no? Yeah, and I think it, it, it kind of, well, obviously, it reflects better of what we are. It's... Gabe and Walt, right? Yeah, we're we're yeah. talking sports, so yeah. I, I think it was it was a good change, and it's going to be a fun change. I think. I think. Yeah, uh, I think so. I think so too. It's already been a lot of fun with all the stuff that you've been putting out there with all the memes. <laughs> I have all been going memes. a little crazy. I do admit, you know. So I, I think it's fun. I think it's all fun. I think it's a reflective of what we're trying to do here, and it's just trying to have fun while talking sports. Exactly. Um, the main reason that we made the change is. Yeah, as well said, to kind of better reflect uh, what the show is about. But it's also so that you guys can maybe get out there and have a little bit more of a connection with us. Um, if you see our faces and our names plastered all over the place, maybe you get to know us a little bit better, even if it's just visually and through audio uh, as you are doing so right now. Word. With that being said, what a game. Oh, my God. Goodness, I have not had that much. I want to. I have not had that much fun watching a Super Bowl in a long, long time, from beginning to end. Um, I think some of the commercials were pretty good. I one thing that I really, really enjoyed was the fact that it wasn't really about the commercials; it was more about the game this time, more than anything. Yeah. And the halftime show was amazing. I thought the halftime show was great. It um, was. It was reflective of of what you know what a lot of us in sports are into, I think. Um, and we'll get to that in a bit. But what did you think of the game? We didn't get to watch it together. We Unfortunately. Got to text, we got to text about it together. Yeah. Um, but holy crap. I, I think next year we have to we have to do... Uh, this is my hope that next year we do a live show. Yes. You know, I, 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 cool. think, I think it would be cool. And I think it would be cool... 
to have people kind of dial into us while we're watching and just have like that communal experience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think that'll be awesome. Um, in, in terms of, in terms of the game, it was, it's kind of reflective of the fact that this, this postseason has been fantastic. I mean, it really has, it, you know, this, this is just the culmination of one of the best postseasons that I think I've witnessed in a very, very long time. And I've seen a lot of postseasons. I, I think it's going to go down as, as, definitely in the top five greatest postseasons of all all time but it's certainly the greatest postseason i've ever seen um or ever been a part of as a fan i can't mm-hmm. say that i've been like super entrenched on the uh, postseason drama um forever uh i think uh you know i've always been into sports always follow sports always you know i've been inspired inspired by sports but i've never really really followed the drama as much as i followed it this year and maybe it's in due part to the uh to the pandemic um, the fact that there was so much drama because of the effect of the pandemic and uh, on the teams and, and, and all sports, you know, as a whole. Yeah. Um, but I think this postseason, what it, what it shows is, is, is the best part of sports, which is storylines and drama within the game. It's the game is what we go to, you know, it's what gets us in there, the love of sports. But I think it's just the drama surrounding everything that happens in a game that makes it fun yeah um, and, and and what can make it heartbreaking because i think there were some some so many ups and downs in this game between obj's uh early injury, oh yeah that was um, tough matthew stafford's potential injury joe burrow um, looked joe like burrow's he was injury, out joe burrow's injury looked pretty bad and i think that that was i think that that injury that he sustained we don't really know the gravity of the injury itself because right. he, he you know he's ice cold he kind of went out there, put it on the line and stuff like that. But I think that the game really changed and um, it really changed. It really was the turning point for me um, as to the result of the game. It, it changed in the moment that Joe Burrow got injured. Um, he still went out there. He, he he played the game. He didn't. He tried not to let it affect him, but I think that it affected the play calling and his abilities because he was he was definitely changed. He was definitely, okay. definitely changed, I think. And, and you know, I guess we can talk about the injury and, and what I saw from my perspective mm-hmm. of how the injury uh, itself uh, can affect a person because the kind of injury that he had, I see often in jiu-jitsu and mixed martial arts. Um, right. But, uh, but what did you think? What, how did you feel about um, the game overall as far as, like, play calling intensity drama uh opening drives everything like like anything that stood out to you well i i think i think if you look at the way the super bowl started it, it kind of followed this a similar script to many other super bowls um usually you know and, and you hear these athletes talk about it all the time it usually takes them about a quarter to kind of get acclimated to the whole experience of being in the super bowl you know as 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 much as you know you may have been in the super bowl before and stuff like that there's still always a different experience when you get to these games and it usually takes like about a quarter to settle down and you kind of saw that um the one surprising thing for me was that i thought it would be a much more I thought that we would see a lot more points than we did. And and I think what may have happened here is the OBJ injury. 
is the fact that Stafford was kind of, you know, a little bit hobbled there with the ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jobo thing probably did have a big impact on him going forward. But I think the two t- takeaways that I have really from this game, well, actually three. Um, the first was how well the Cincinnati line offensive line played for three quarters of the game. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, I, I really, and I told you this when we, when we spoke about this last week on the podcast, I really thought that um, the defensive line of the Rams were going to take over the game. And they did just in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, yeah. it took them, it took them a while to get there, but they finally did. And you did see what happened. You know, that was the quarter where, the Bengals are shut out. They did not score in that quarter, which is kind of unlike the way it is. The other part was Jamar Chase having, you know, he, he caught four balls, five balls for 89 yards, but they were very quiet. They were uh, catches like, you know, with Jamar Chase, he's such an explosive talent that you would, you would expected to have seen a big game from him. Um, it, it, it just so happens that T. Higgins was the one that kind of picked up the slack there. He caught mm-hmm, four mm-hmm. balls for 100 yards, including a very controversial 75-yard touchdown pass um, mm-hmm. where you can make the case that probably should have been a penalty. Well, I want, so that's, that was the first point of contention that I wanted to bring up, the uh, mm-hmm. drama of that, that play that involved the, uh, the, the, the face mask. Right. Yeah, that was clear. So that, that was, was clearly clear as day. One hundred percent of violation. I, as a matter of fact, I actually think that that would have been a pick if he didn't face mask him, because that ball was going right. I I felt that it was going right into yeah. um, uh, Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey. 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 Yes, mm-hmm. I thought that that was going to be right in Ramsey's chest if if uh, Higgins didn't pull pull him out of the way. You know the way that when he did that face mask, he basically. He gave him a full 360 turnaround with that face mask and cleared the way for him to catch the ball. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey did not have a great game today, though. He did not. You know, did and not. and I, I'm a little surprised by that also, you know. But uh, I'm not necessarily because if you think about the uh Tampa Bay game, he, he got beat out like in 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 Tom Brady's uh yes. you know, hits to Evan. Evan mm-hmm. was beating Ramsey out every single time. Yeah. So I wasn't necessarily surprised about that, and I think Evans is a much better receiver than than Chase or Higgins. So really, I think I, so. I think so. I, I think because he's maybe better. because Evans, I feel like Evans is like just a big dude and a little bit more physical. Um, oh, but, but Chase uh, is amazing. He Chase is amazing. Amazing Mark talent. Amazing. You know. Yeah, he is. Yes. So. Um. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I, I thought, you know. I'm 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 happy for OBJ mm-hmm. and and you yeah. know you saw you saw him after the game crying and oh, you know he's got he's got a, he's got an ugly cry face man yes, oh my he god does. He that, does. that face I am I'm, I haven't checked Instagram yet but I'm pretty sure that like that his face is all over memes that's exactly memes. oh you my know? goodness but it, he had a heartwarming moment um afterwards you know his wife is pregnant and do any moment. And mm. you know he he went over there and gave gave that belly a kiss and you know you could you could see that he was overcome with just emotion and yeah. you know yeah, the man's sure. the man the man has been through a lot some of it is self inflicted on him but some of it was kind of out out of his um you know out of his a uh, what's the word I'm looking for 
out of his, it wasn't his fault, you know. So I'm glad that he was able to, you know, get the chip. You know, I'm glad for Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, you know, hinted at retirement here, you know. Um, I don't know if he's going to go through it because, you know what, he's still at the peak, right? But if you're going to go out, what better way to go out with a Super Bowl win, right? Yeah, I mean, Um, you know, like I think that the storyline for a lot of people on the Rams, especially a lot of, you know, the players on the Rams, especially with everything, they threw the kitchen sink out. They were like, you know what? They did. This is the year that it's going to have to happen because if not, it's not going to happen at all. They are... I think it's five years away before a pick, a draft pick. Something like that. Five it's, or six years away. Something like but listen, that. They're, they're, yeah. they're away. They're really far away from a draft pick. So I, if I it am didn't pretty happen sure. now, it wasn't going to happen, I think. I'm pretty sure they're happy with the result. They'll deal with the the, the picks five years yeah, from now. Sure, yeah, you know, for sure. For you know. sure. Absolutely. I mean, Matthew Stafford has maybe a few years left. Sean McVay is definitely most likely going to be moving on in a couple years. I don't think that he's going to stay there for a rebuild. Um, and they will have to be rebuilding um, when they can. Um, mm-hmm. They basically mortgaged the entire house for the stadium, for the team, for this Super Bowl. Yeah. They mortgaged everything. They like, did. All right, we got a Super Bowl. Now we're going to suck for a few years. <laughs> it kind of feels like when the Florida Marlins kind of went all in for, with that one championship that they got way back when. Yeah. You know, where the, where yeah. they just they just got every free agent and said, screw it. We're just going to we're going to buy ourselves a championship. Yeah. A little bit more difficult to do in the NFL, but, you know, kind of the same thing. They did. Yeah. They did pull in, put in all their chips and they went all in. Um, McVay, now the youngest Super Bowl winning mm-hmm. coach yeah he beats yep. mike tomlin out by yep. nine months mm-hmm. right and let's let's talk about stafford because stafford i think is another guy that has has a really nice story you know he spent how many years over at detroit made the playoffs over there three times lost all of those games uh come o- comes over to the rams they basically anoint him the savior for the for the franchise and what does yeah. he do he wins Four, he wins the four games with the Rams. Uh, he has a completion percentage rate of 70%, 11 touchdowns, three interceptions, two of them which came in this game. Um, he was – he was. I I like the fact that he won the championship because, you know what? Yeah. For, yeah. for all this time, he's been kind of languishing in Detroit, you know, and, and whatnot. And um, – Playing well while he was over there, but never got any recognition because yeah. he was on a bad team. Yeah. Now he comes over here, and guess what? He has exactly as many championships as Aaron Rodgers. So here's the thing, right? <laughs> so because this is what's funny, right? Um, Matthew Stafford was already being like kind of talked about, like, all right, like he he's most likely going to be a hall, hall of famer. He's most likely going to be just on stats alone. He's most likely going to be yeah. going into the hall of fame. Before this chip, now that he has a chip, is it pretty much kind of a guarantee that he's going to be a Hall of Famer? It's, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no yeah, question about that, right? The the difference I think here, the thing that's going to be that's going to go against him is the record. The record is going to kill him. You know, he 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 was part of so many bad teams in Detroit, um, and you know, if you look at just. In terms of wins and losses, it's not a good look for him. So maybe, I, think I, think, that, I think I think that they'll make an exception. I mean, they can't. Maybe, like, maybe. I think you know? I think his personal stats alone warrant the uh, the induction. I mean, again, aside from the fact that he just got a Super Bowl, I think he's he's a he's a perfect example of you know 
look at the draw for the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Because here's a guy who, if you put him on any other team, you're probably, this is probably, you're talking about him Hall of Famer hands down. Yeah. Right? For sure. And, and he was unfortunately drafted into a very, very bad situation there that never got any worse because of management and, and all that stuff. And it, like I said, it just goes to show you um, a lot of the times it's not how good you are. It is who you're surrounded with and who your coaches are. And I think Matt Stafford is a perfect example of that because, yeah. like I said, any other team you put him on there, we're probably talking about him, you know, in terms of Brady and, and you know, um, you know, the Mannings of the world, you know, and, and stuff like that. And we just never really got a chance to have him in that discussion yeah. mm-hmm. just because he's been on bad teams. Um, so I would like to talk about the other QB, my man, Joe Burrow. Yes. How to, what, did how to, of, what did you think of Joe Burrow? Um, I thought he had his best chance to win this game early on. And, it, you know, it mm, just, really? yeah, I, I think especially, especially coming out of the second half, um, they were building some momentum there and stuff. And it just, again, it, it maybe it had to do something with, with the timing of his quote unquote injury. And again, we don't know the extent and how serious that was, but he's probably going to look at this game and, and, and say that there was some missed opportunities there for him. You know, I, I think, I think for sure, for sure. Um, I, the good thing about it is that he has plenty of time to get back there. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Now, you know? I, I I want to talk about the injury in a bit, but my perspective, I thought Joe Burrow was he was up until the point that he got injured. I thought he was he looked like a veteran quarterback. And he 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 looked really, really sharp. He looked strong. He looked uh cool. You know, I think early yeah, on in I the agree. game, I think in the first quarter, he looked like he's been there plenty, plenty of times. The rest of the Bengals didn't look like they've been there, you know, yeah. kind of hesitating, jumping for a ball or or stopping a little bit short on a reception uh, attempt, uh, kind of like being deer in the headlights a little bit. That was the receivers. I think that was the the, the, the line. I think a lot of the Bengals, with the exception of Joe Burrow. And I think that goes to show. I think that that goes to show the uh, kind of uh, effect that uh, Joe Burrow, um, or not the effect, but the, one of the qualities that Joe Burrow has, based on his tenure at LSU and being in these big, big game scenarios, and just you know, again, acting like he's been there before. Yeah, but it's old hat for him. I mean, look, coming out of the half, coming out of the half with that first play, that was ballsy. That was a statement piece. That's a you know, we got momentum. Yeah. We got the momentum. I'm going to throw this Hail Mary pass, hit it, get the touchdown, and now sit down. What's up? Yeah. That was, yeah. like, if I don't know, I don't know what other move could have been more Joe Cool than that. Yeah. I mean, he had a nice little game, 22 of 33 for 263 and a touchdown. Um, the thing that, that is going to end up his his legacy in this uh, playoff run Seven sacks this game. Yeah, but that's not uh, his he, legacy. That's no, a, I no, think that's a that's a Bengals okay. issue, man. Yes, maybe, maybe, maybe wrong choice of words. I think the Bengals, um, if they're going to get back there, they have to fix that line. Yeah, I mean, for that, sure. That man. line, absolutely. That line is that line was really the difference 
probably in this game today, especially in that fourth quarter where they could not protect Joe Burrow. Yeah. I, it seemed like he went from, you know, being untouched in the first half. And then, you know, especially in that fourth quarter, all of a sudden, you know, they were they were saying this is his fifth sack. And I'm like, where in the world did that come from? You know, it, it no, was I, it just came in bunches with 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 him. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, all right, so 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 my thing with the sacks is that I think I think that uh that that the sacks came from like the Rams smelled blood in the water. Straight yeah. up. The sa- the 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 Rams, you know, for sure. They noticed that he had an injury, and the injury was kind of hard. Hard on Joe Burrow. It changed how he was playing. They started running the ball a lot more because they didn't. Maybe Joe Burrow didn't have the uh, confidence in 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 staying in the pocket, being mobile and stuff. And the Rams were like, "All right, he's hurt. We got to put him on his heels. We got to make him make mistakes. We got to like kind of push it to him." And I think that that's what kind of like really woke the Rams up. Is like, "Hey, we have a chance here to." To, to make something happen, turn over the ball, whatever the case may be, but we have a chance to make something happen. I think that came directly from the injury. I, I now, also think that Aaron Donald kind of woke up. There, there was yeah, a point in the sure, game. Yeah, sure. there was a point in the game where, you know, he kind of shoved Joe Burrow on the sideline and everybody got a kind of got into a scrum. And I, I think that really kind of woke him up yeah. and said, okay, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting frustrated with these double teams and, you know, they were kudos. doing good, man. They were they were really yeah. stopping them, man. Kudos, kudos on McVay because you know from that point on, you know he's still the the beauty with the Rams is that they got they can get pressure with four guys, and I I think McVay and whoever his defensive coordinator is, they started doing a lot of stunts because you saw Von Miller getting involved and he was he was hitting those stunts and and getting free looks at the quarterback and stuff, and I think. There was a change in philosophy somewhere along the line also to kind of try and find a way to kind of free up the guys here because, mm-hmm. like I said, up until that point, the Bengals were doing a very good job of protecting mm-hmm. Joe Burrow and keeping him upright, you know. But there was that one click where Aaron Donald was like, you know what, enough is enough. Let's let's get it. Let's get it, you know. Well, so it's kind of funny. So I started to uh, – I start my day, you know, kind of the same every day. I have, you know, my Amazon Echo – uh morning routine you know uh you know what's the weather like today what time mm-hmm. is it these little things today i happen to ask like echo who do you think is going to win the super bowl and echo gave me a really interesting response echo said uh the rams uh are it seem to be really good at butting heads but the bengals they seem to have nine lives Yes, and I've heard they, that. And they and 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 Echo is like, so I'm going with the ben, the Bengals because they got nine lives. Well, here's the thing with all the sacks that have been happening, you know, from the very first postseason game that the Bengals are in and just like Burrow not being protected, his nine lives ran out. You know, it was yeah. only a matter of time with that amount of sacks. It was only a matter of time of something big happening, whether a big, big turnover um, or an injury like the one that happened. Yeah. Now, I want to explain the injury a little bit. Joe Burrow's toe got essentially stuck under him while the rest of his body twisted around. And in jujitsu, we have a move that we call a heel hook. I encourage everyone to just YouTube heel hook submission so that you can see what it looks like. And if you compare the two, uh, it's essentially exactly a heel hook uh, submission on the leg. Oh, no, I think I think that was Stafford that had the heel. Hook. No, 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 no. Stafford had because... a toe hold. 
Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Because his his issue was with the knee. The knee kind of yeah, yeah, like yeah. buckled, so, buckled exactly. on the knee so that's and the thing. stuff. So yeah. that's the thing. A heel hook doesn't attack the heel. You hook the heel to tear the ACL. Ah, okay. I got you. And so when you apply a heel hook and you twist the leg, you're essentially twisting the bottom half of the leg, the shin, mm-hmm. the heel, the foot, away from the rest of the body, tearing the MCL, meniscus, and ACL pretty much all in one shot if you do it at full force. I think I would not be surprised. We don't have the injury report yet exactly. And obviously there's got to be like, you know, more that comes out of this. But I believe based on how he was limping, um, how he was moving his lack of movement, really, that he may have suffered a a, a serious injury to his knee and he just kind of played through it. What ends up happening with the heel hook is that you don't necessarily have you hear a snap, you hear a pop, you have some some pain pretty quickly um but your leg swells up and you're still sort of mobile you have no stability in the leg it's right. very difficult to really move around and really be mobile on multiple planes of of movement and i think that that was the biggest issue that the, that was the biggest thing that affected joe burrow's movement because he stopped running the ball altogether he was running they were running a ton of running plays when he was throwing the ball he was throwing them quick and short getting the ball out of his hands right away without moving mm-hmm. around in the pocket and i think that that is because of the knee i think that he just really couldn't move because he had no stability in the leg and a couple times even on the on some of the run plays early on in the uh, uh after the injury you could see him putting all his weight on his good leg his left leg which is the one that he's recovering from the acl injury from last season right um, it's fun. It's funny you, you're talking about Joe Burrow, and right now he's in the press conference, uh, kind of talking about you know everything that's gonna his mm. disappointment. He's he's congratulating the Rams, being very very classy, and um, he's also there. They also just asked him about um, you the know, injury? no, the, oh, but they're okay. asking they're asking him about you know you know his feelings and you know the hard work that he put in and what what he believes is going to happen next year and you know typical fashion he's like you know what this is just going to make us stronger you, you know yeah, we're you know we're going to work harder yeah so you know kudos to him um seven sacks nine lives tied for the most in super bowl history roger Staubach had seven way back when oh, so you know, it is a terrible stat but i i, I yeah, always feel it's that tough sacks, i always feel sacks have more more of a stain on the team. And I, I hate that the sacks go against the quarterback themselves. I feel like sacks should be a team stat, you know, um, <coughs> because the quarterback doesn't get sacked if, if he gets protected. I mean, what's he supposed to do? You know, and he, he tried, you know, of course he tries his best to not get sacked, but at a certain point, like you got to protect the ball and you got to try to protect yourself, you know, and that's why he, he's gotten sacked. I mean, it, it, it just sucks that that is what ended up happening late in the game where where it seems like the O-line was breaking down. They were playing hesitant and kind of playing a little bit scared, to be honest with you, Yeah. Um, and letting, the, letting the, these things happen. I mean, it's easy to smell blood in the water when you when you see, like, these these openings and you see that you can touch the quarterback and you can get to him. You get to him once, and it's like, all right, I can get to him again. You get to him three, four times, and then you're like, well, let's go for one more. You know, like, they 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 blitz a lot more when when they feel like they're vulnerable right so um the o-line did not respond properly to that and i think that that's what ended up costing them the game 
Well, you know, to the to credit. Well, one yeah. of the one of the things that ended up costing them the game because I think that there's one other more major thing that cost them the game. Yeah, but like I said, to their to their credit, um, the O line I believe was missing two starters and has been for a while. But you know, again, I I I think the O line really was kind of like the biggest weakness of the Cincinnati Bengals, and yeah. it kind of showed in that yeah. last quarter. Yeah. Um, Cooper Cup. Whoa, Super Cup. Bowl. Can we talk about Cooper Cup? Because I'm looking over at his his resume for this year, and let me let me throw out some stuff for you here. If you look at Cooper Cup's full season in 21 games, the man had 178 catches, 2,425 yards, 22 touchdowns. Now, if you're going to talk about a perfect season for a receiver. He won the NFL regular season triple crown with catches, yards, and touchdowns. Unanimous All-Pro. Most catches in a single postseason with 33. NFL Offensive Player of the Year. Super Bowl MVP. I mean... I mean, Can there's, there nothing, be really, a more, there's there, nothing more to say. And yeah, he really, really stepped up because absolutely. When, you consider, when you consider that you no longer had OBJ, I think that like it's very easy to see to, to that uh that okay, Cooper Cap Cooper Cup had, you know, a lot of success in in, in the postseason and in the regular season and the whole nine because of the threat of OBJ also on the field kind of defies the attention with OBJ being taken out so early, which you know, going back to OBJ, he had uh, his, his his you know the first touchdown in the game, so yeah, he got he his action. Well. He 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 had his, he he made his stamp. He you know was definitely effectual in the game itself. But coming out so early, now all the focus can be on Cooper Cup, and they still couldn't stop him. Yeah, so he rose I mean, the the occasion and challenge, and I think that's like you cannot have more of a statement piece there. It's like all right, I'm the man in this game, and I'm going to show it. And especially in that last drive, that last drive was huge um, because Cooper Cup up until that point was kind of quiet. But that last drive, I think he had, what, four catches for like uh, 50 some odd yards in that, in that cat. All, and all that, his, and, all his you know, catches. That was all him. All his you know? catches were really big. I mean, that that's a that's a hard man to stop, it seems like. Yeah, I think I think um, the OBJ injury really affected the Rams because they could not find that second option. It t- it took them a while. I mean, they tried going to Daryl Henderson. They tried Van Jefferson. These guys were dropping passes. They, they you know, um, and I it took them a while for them to kind of get back into the flow of things. Yeah. And I, I think they kind of went away from Cooper Cup in, in an attempt to try and find that second option when probably they should have been feeding him the entire time. Cooper Cup is a, a a rare talent where you know that he's gonna get the ball, well, and you still can't stop him. Well, I I, I think I think I think a little bit of credit has to go to the Bengals, where like when OBJ stepped off the field, the Bengals were able to really focus on defending Cooper Cup, and maybe just Cooper Cup couldn't really get open. Could um, be. I, I think that that was the the bigger thing, and and it's, in the second half they just didn't do a better job of that. I think maybe they. They were maybe a little bit exhausted, maybe spread a little bit too thin, maybe getting a little overconfident with like some of the moves that they were doing and having success with. You know, it can make anyone feel like, oh man, we got this in the bag, even though they're only up by by a touchdown. You know, yeah. um, it's interesting. Time of possession was very even. Um, the Rams had it for thirty minutes and forty seven seconds. The Bengals twenty nine thirteen. So you know, um, it, it was a pretty even. 
uh, game in terms of time of possession. And one thing that we had commented on in our chat, and it's funny because that pay, played a huge part at the very, very end of the game. For the most part, this game was penalty-free. Except for when the refs went crazy with penalties. Exactly. And, and I think we had, what, like three or four penalties within the span of a minute at the very end of the game. Um, I know that we had a, a touchdown was taken away because of offsetting penalties. Um, and then there was a, a two other holding penalties and stuff. And it, it just kind of elongated that last minute and a half not only you know, elongated it just instrument closer i mean you know like I, the, the penalties were a big bad on the bengals but uh how, how'd you feel about some, how'd you feel about some of those penalties i mean i thought the first holding penalty was really questionable yeah some of those penalties were questionable um an interesting stat that they had put on the the tv you know, broadcast was um, the difference in the type of penalties that they were getting because, you know, the the, the Rams were getting penalties, you know, in terms of um, procedural, you know, holding, things of that nature. Yeah. Where the Bengals were getting all these these stupid little, you know, personal foul injury, you know, penalties and yeah, stuff like I that. Mean, and, I, thought and the, I thought that personal foul injury was like uh, personal those foul. Things, those things was, killed them. That, that was kind of BS, though. Like he he did a stiff arm to the guy right there. Like I mean, like that's that's jockeying that happens at the end of a play all the time, all the yeah. time, man. If you're gonna call look like a, a a little shove with one hand at the end of a play, you're gonna call that as a personal foul. You well, can you call that per, you can call that at the end of every play, every that's, single play. You can that's call that true. But you know what? As a, as an NFL player, you have to. Part part of the thing, you not only scouting players, you're scouting refs, and so if you know that ref, that these particular refs have a proclivity of calling these tic tac plays, don't do them. That, that it's just it's yeah, just as simple yeah, as that. It's a discipline you know? thing, I know, but it's, exactly, it's all but, about. But discipline. they weren't though. But they weren't. That's the thing. They weren't. Yeah. You know, they just decided to do it then. You know, I thought the first. Uh, um, it was a very clean game up until those yeah. last. Two minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, know? again, I thought that the first holding penalty in that in that sequence that you that you talk about was it wasn't holding, man. Like he he had his hand on the waist, but he wasn't holding him back in any way whatsoever. I think that was that was tough. And yeah, then, I, I, you can you can make the case that he he kind of impeded his ability to catch the ball. You know, holding is is not always about you know grabbing grabbing laundry. You know, holding holding can be you know putting a. Put it as as simple as just putting a hand and preventing preventing somebody from raising his hand, and so yeah, and, you and can that I agree, kind of make the that case. That I agree, you know? but but that wasn't the case though. We're talking about hands around the waist, and he wasn't hugging him. It's literally just one hand in front, one hand in back. That's it, and that's yeah, like well. it's just. I just felt like that was like. I don't know. Maybe the refs were like, "Man, we haven't done anything today. Let's <laughs> let's, let's let's make something happen." You know. What I mean? If that's if that's the case, that's bad because you know what? You never want the referees to be the the reason why you win or lose a game. You know, it, the referees should not be the the instrument for the difference between a victory and a defeat. And so, you know, um, but it, it it's. Like I said, it was a very, very, very entertaining game. Um, you know, it, it kind of there. There were points where you know there were some lulls in the action, but you know what? At the end of the day, you came out with a very, very close game, um, a game that came down to the last minute. So I mean, and again, in a postseason of games like this, 
this is just the perfect little cherry on top in terms of, you know, what we've seen this year. Um, so I, I, I mentioned earlier that I think that there's one more thing that cost them the game. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit foreshadowed, I think, at the Bengals first in their opening drive, where I think that there were some questionable play calls. Um, in the opening drive, yes. you had you had a uh, a it was a um, in the second down they did a they 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 ran a run play that went nowhere, mm-hmm. and they immediately called the exact same play as if it was going to change, and it got stopped the exact same way. And in my 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 mind is like, it's your opening drive. Like I understand they're scripted, but you know it just got stopped. Do you think that they 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 won't be able to stop it again? Like when it looks exactly, I'm talking about like exactly the same you know and i didn't get that uh so i was already kind of like questioning the play calling a little bit there and then in the final position in fourth fourth and one they go for a screen pass attempt and it's like man it's one yard like run that ball like man put it like like just just it's one yard if you're gonna go for it Go for it with a run where it's a little bit more secure, not when you have an injured quarterback that everyone is just that's been sacked seven times. And, and, and especially when you're running the ball well, right? Yeah, exactly. They were running it so well. They were they were they they practically seemed unstoppable with the run play. And they, he decides for the final play, the, this is the play that's gonna write that if if you don't hit this this one yard. The entire game is over for you, and you're gonna pass when so many things can happen on the pass. You know, a turnover, a miss, you know, a yeah. drop ball, like all that stuff for a yard. Are you kidding me? Well, I think I, I think one of one of the biggest eye openers for me was was early in the first quarter, which kind of set up, you know, the Rams' first opening opening score. Um, the choice for uh, Zach Taylor to take the ball fourth and one at the 50 and and try and convert, which directly led to a, a, a Los Angeles Rams touchdown, the first yeah, points of the yeah, game. Yeah, I thought that was... I, I thought yeah. that was kind of s- sketchy to, to do at that point. You know, you don't... That I understand you want to be aggressive and stuff like that, but you know what? That's probably the wrong end of the field to do it. You know, you want you want to you know you miss that you you give the other team terrific field position, which eventually they they did capitalize on. So that was probably one of the bigger points of the game right there. Um, yeah, you know, it, yeah. it just kind of it kind of got Los Angeles started, and, yeah. and you know. Yeah. I mean, I think that there was like a little bit of overconfidence there on the play calling a little bit. Yeah, not being I think smart, so. not being conservative. You know, when you're feeling yourself, sometimes you feel yourself too much. And I think that there was a little bit of that there um, on Zach Taylor's uh, part. And uh, I think that he's going to kick himself in the butt for a long time for that final that 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 final fourth and one play. I, I just I don't know why you I just really don't know why you wouldn't run it there. You know, punch it in one yard. Yeah. You, he could have. They could have made that happen. They were making it happen the entire game, and it, it like it hurt me to see that. As soon as I saw him drop back for a pass, it just. Sometimes yeah, you kind of yeah. you you kind of overthink these things, right? You you kind of think that you're you're a little bit um, you know, oh, I I, I know better, right? Yeah. That, that's that's the that's when you get in trouble right there. Um. I. I 
is there is there anything else there that we're, that we're kind of we're kind of looking at? I mean, talk about the defense. The defense was again the Rams. They they kind of showed up toward the end of the game, um, right? You know, the defense for the Bengals was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good throughout yeah. the entire game. Even like yeah. even in the fourth quarter, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I think Cooper Cup is just a difficult man to stop if you put the yes. ball in his hands and stuff. Um, but uh, I don't think that the that the defense did any like huge missteps missteps with with the exception of the uh the the that series of penalties where we got like three four penalties in a row that basically brought them they could they could have stopped the rams and forced the field goal they could have they were able to like create the stops and 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 whatnot and uh you know like essentially extending that drive an extra four plays just to get them at the at the the first and goal uh, is just i don't know i mean they they were they were they were on the one yard line right um yes they were on the one yard line Due to penalties. after after yes they, Due to they penalties, started yeah. on the seven if i remember correctly and three three penalties later um they got them down to the one and stuff so um you know you know what 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 didn't come back to bite the rams was that miss extra extra point it didn't. It could have, but it didn't. That was didn't. that was that could have been a big play in the game. Uh because you know what? At at that point, the Bengals could have gone, you know, if they had made that extra point. Mm-hmm. It was the Bengals forced to get a touchdown on that last drive. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals mm-hmm. did have the opportunity to go for a field goal to tie the game. They never got to that point because yeah. of the defense, but you know that could have been a big point in the game. Lucky for them, it didn't happen. So, you know, what a freaking season it what has been. Season. So oh, now, where, 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 where do you go from now? What do we do well, now? Now we wait for the combine in March and the NFL draft in, and we can April. go back to talking about how much the Giants and the Jets suck. Well, you know what? I, I I do think that there's an opportunity for both New York teams to get better and get better quickly. Yeah, I think um I think, so. I think so. this game really more so than any other past Super Bowl uh game represents kind of a changing of the guard here. Mm-hmm. I think uh what you're seeing is that you know what the older guys are kind of getting older and they're moving over and making making space for the new guys coming in. And I think that bodes well for for the league because there are a lot of exciting players out there. Um, and I think it, it presents an opportunity. And I, and I was talking about this with my wife the other day um, in terms of the Jets and the Giants, the Giants to me have a better path to getting to the Super Bowl quicker than the Jets do. And, and the reason why I'll, I'll tell you this is that I think, um, and I, we've mentioned this before, the AFC is loaded with quarterbacks. So if you look at the Jets situation, Zach Wilson has to get through Joe Burrow. He's got to get through Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, He's got to get yeah, through, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, you guys have a tough Lamar, way, Lamar Jackson. Way more than that. You know? we do. There's, there's no question about it. No question. So you guys, believe it or not, have a better opportunity to get further along in the playoffs than the Jets do. Now, I think the Jets, in terms of personnel-wise and, and where they are, maybe just – about a year or two ahead of the Giants in terms of, you know, getting better. But you guys have the opportunity to get better very, very quickly. And in a in a conference that doesn't have 
as many elite quarterbacks as um, the AFC does, it makes it a little bit easier for you guys. So there's hope for Big Blue. Yeah. Yeah. There's hope for Big Blue, you know, and you – I, I think the fan base is excited by the choices that they've made in terms of uh, leadership with the GM and not only the head coach, but the assistant coaches as well. I think uh, you could probably speak to that, that, mm-hmm. you know, some of these guys that they're bringing in are very, very well respected and known for, you know, kind of like their knowledge of football and schemes and stuff i yeah, think no, that absolutely. that's gonna yeah, make you, know, you excited I, right I, i'm super excited with what we got i am really really truly excited uh i i'm confident that from a front office and coaching staff perspective that we're getting it that we're going to be able to get it done with what we got now it's just a matter of seeing if if daniel jones can actually you know he's the big if, question if, mark if, yeah, for you he's guys the, he's the only question mark really you know, it was is is Daniel Jones uh, a Sam Darnold, or 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 is there more to be seen? You know, does he have? I mean, I'm sure that he has the potential, um, but but we'll see. I mean, Dan Jones literally only has just this one season to make it happen. Otherwise, right. that front office is going to go out and do what they got to do. You know, I believe Joe Shane is is the kind of guy that he will. He's not afraid to make moves. I think it's uh it's very very apparent in his hiring of Dable that he doesn't care what people think, you know, about the moves that he's going to do, and I think that that's probably what's gonna, what it's going to come down to after this season. If Dan Jones doesn't doesn't make it happen, I think that Joe Shane is is going to make the move, you know. Well, J- Joe Shane is going to have to really ball out this this off season here because um I I know the salary cap situation isn't great for you, so you're not going to be able to build that way at least not as much as you want to. Um, I think it has to be all about the draft. I think he's going to have to draft superbly well to try and bring in some talent into the Giants and, you know, and, and, and give, you know, Daniel Jones the tools to be properly evaluated this year. Because like you said, he's only got the one year, right? And yeah. so, yeah. you know, he's going to have to be surrounded with some talent because – how do you evaluate if there's no talent around you? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. Joe Joe Shane is really going to have to knock it out in terms of drafting because I think that's the only avenue he has, at least this year. You know, he's not going to be able to improve the team via the free agency and stuff. So. So, um, be, you know, I, that's that's it. On is there anything else that you want to talk about football and Super Bowl related? No, I'm just I'm just happy we had a great great Super Bowl. You know, I'm I'm really glad for for Matthew Stafford. I'm really glad for you know um, Odell Beckham Jr. I'm I'm glad for Andrew Whitford. You know, he had a great story where you know he was talking about one of the the players that came up to him. Yes, um, yes, it, it was a heartwarming again because he got he all, got the, the, the all man about of the year, stories, right? Yeah. And, and again, you know, football is all about stories. And, you know, you hear these heartwarming stories and it's just like, you know, you want to pull for that guy a little bit more when you're watching them, you know. So, um, you know, I'm really happy for the Rams. Uh, I think it's it's good for their organization. I think it's good for the guys on that team. I do feel bad for the Bengals because they've had this storybook uh, it's, it's the, the Cinderella story season, book, right? Yeah, yeah and it, it kind of came crashing down at the end here. But you know what? It's like I said before, Joe Burrow 
if if they go ahead and make this team better, uh, he's got the opportunity to be there a couple more times. And I know it's tough, especially in that in that conference. But you know what? He is a very special player. You, I, I think everybody can see that. And so, you know, he'll have a chance to be back there. I, I really do think he'll be back there. You know, it's going to be between him. It's going to be between Mahomes. Lamar Jackson's going to get there. But those guys are going to be knock them and slack them for the next 10 years. And it's going to be really, really fun to watch. So I have since. All right. So this is really, really it, it, it's interesting. It's interesting because I really wanted to make this podcast just about football and just about uh, the Super Bowl. But I know where you're going. I we know have to give the going. Randall report. I cannot go a week without giving the Randall report. But here's the interesting thing: I would have given up on the Randall report had last week's report card not been what it is. Now here's so, the thing about Randall. No, go on. Yes. So, so what are we doing? We're doing the Randall report. The Randall report. The, the Randall. Randall report. The Randall report. Here gotcha. is the thing. So. He has been having an absolutely terrible season on and off the courts. I think that, like, on the court, he's been absolutely terrible. Off the court, he's been terrible with the media, just like this, like, ridiculous kind of I-don't-want-to-be-here kind of attitude. And we just had the trade deadline that just passed on the 10th. Right. Interesting thing is that trade deadline came and went, and all of a sudden, he's, like, a media darling. He's, like, speaking, you know, with, like, professionalism, dealing with professional, being a team player every which way around. And he had every single game in the last week was a marquee game. He had the first game against the uh, against the Nuggets, no, against the Jazz. He scored thirty points, six rebounds, five assists. But then after that, he went uh, three games, twenty eight each game, twenty eight points each game. In the last two games, ten rebounds. It was twenty eight, ten rebounds. Then the last two games, it was it was even equal actually, twenty eight points and sixteen rebounds in both games hustling fighting he's like i mean you know who gets that many rebounds in a week and still scores in 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 pretty good double digit numbers even though they lost most of the games um i i gotta give credit where credit's due if i'm gonna bash him when he's bad i gotta give him credit when he's doing well and and he 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 was hustling out there you know maybe make a few missteps here and there in the uh the, the you know our fourth fourth quarter woes but we can't put it, you know, you can't just always completely put it on everyone, especially when they're hustling. I look at rebounds as a mark, a really important hustling part of the game. You know, right. uh, if he's if he's if he's being a forward, um, he's in the paint. He's looking for the rebounds. He's looking for putbacks. He's looking to make sure that like defensively that the other side of the court is not taking the ball away. However. He was there every single every single bit of the way, and I I mean, I wish he could play every single game this way. I have this little conspiracy theory in my mind that like he was kind of playing really crappy, just devaluated himself up until the trade deadline, so that nobody would want him, so he doesn't get traded, and then all of a sudden he's gonna go back to playing well. And look, look at how he's playing it, it, now it's, after the trade deadline. It's it's crazy to me. The it, coincidence funny. is too high. It's funny because. Um... Like you said, the trade deadline was the tenth, right? The tenth they played the Golden State Warriors and came away with a with a almost an impressive almost, win, right? Exactly. It, but you know what? It felt like the Knicks, especially in that game, they they had that collective, you know, yeah. it, it it was kind of like 
okay, we got through the deadline. Nobody got traded. It was it was kind of like a weight that was lifted off of their shoulders, and you know it it kind of went into the Trailblazer game also because and it's it's funny because I started watching that game and they were up big at the at one point you know and I thought okay this might be the start of something but then of course I found out later from one of your texts that they had lost and I'm like what how did that happen I, you know I don't know so here's the thing right like this is where I I, I you know I've been a, a, a uh, a Thibodeau supporter since you know since he come I I will defend him every which way, but in this last game against Portland, you know he really like I I don't understand some of his decisions keeping I mean Mitch Robinson only played fourteen minutes, um, but Fournier thirty six minutes four points, uh, Taj Gibson twenty seven minutes eight points, uh, just seven rebounds, um, just giving us crap numbers and and I don't understand why he's so adamant about sticking with the rotation once he makes the decision if it's not working you got to be able to like you know pull an audible and 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 make a change you know like if they're playing crappy take them out man put someone else in there you know if it's not clicking tonight okay set them out do whatever but he's just you know evan fournier sometimes has really good games where he's shooting well but then when we have julius randall with 28 quinn and grimes with 20 uh, Kemba Walker, 23, and and the bench playing, it, like, hitting some points here and there, 8, 8, 6, and 4 between um, Gibson, even though Gibson was terrible to me, but Burks, Reddish, and Quickly, they can score even though they got really small amount of play time. How can you have someone like Fournier play 36 minutes and get three rebounds, three assists, and four points? That's it. Like, that's yeah, a waste of floor space. That's a it, waste it of minutes. You know the the one thing I will say about this is that um, they they have been playing hard for him, and and that that is that is a good thing in my mind. You know they they haven't kind of you know the, it's very easy for this team to kind of say you know what let's just check out you know we're 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 not going to play hard for you. He they're still playing hard for tips, so there's they there's are that they positive, absolutely are. Know? But the thing is, like even if you're playing hard, they, I you know tips is that that's what he does. He he's 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 known for rewarding playtime based on effort. All he cares about is how much effort you put out there. If it's not like in his mind, it's all right. It may not hit now, but if you're giving me the effort, then I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna let you play. You know what I mean? Because in his mind, he's like it will click at some point. But right. if it's not clicking, it's not clicking. You know, like at it, a certain point, you just gotta be like, all right, I, I I gotta make an executive decision here, and I gotta sit you down. Yeah. Um, and I really wish that he would do that a little bit more you know and, and play the bench a little more i can't wait for d rose to come through because i think d rose elevates and 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 gives us the leadership that's lacking on the floor um but uh i, I don't know what the uh what what well, it's we need be. we need rj back in the lineup um i like the fact that cam reddish is getting some play time and he's showing that he's deserving to be in the lineup also he's getting very um, little play time yeah but you know what when he is there he's he's you know he's showing you know uh that he should probably get some more you know and he deserves to be in that in that and, rotation yeah. and i i think you just hit up on something that that's very important with the next and i think this this is kind of the frustration that us as nick fans have is that you see other teams getting better and you see other teams getting better with players and positions that you need and we're not doing anything to procure that talent. 
And I think one of the biggest things that's kind of wrecking the season is the lack of a point guard or true point guard. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, and I and really, I still he, can't believe that we did nothing with Kemba Walker. Yeah, I know. And, and you know what? The fact that we're waiting on D Rose speaks volumes of the fact that we need that type of general, you know, on the, on the court kind of leading this offense. And we haven't had that. We haven't had that for a long time yeah. with this team. And so I think, you know, if there's one thing that kind of frustrates us as Knicks fans is that you're seeing other teams going out and making trades for, you know, talent in terms of, you know, point guards and stuff that we could have had. Now, granted, we may not have the the um, draft capital or we don't have the players to be able to, but at least you hope that they're making some sort of effort, yeah. you know, yeah. because, you know, to not do anything at the trade deadline when you know that this team is in need of some talent infusion, if you're even thinking about making the playoffs this year and you do nothing, that that's kind of hard to take as a fan. It really, really yeah. is. It, it, it is. It is. I mean, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. We'll see where we are. You know, I it, we're still not out of it completely. You know, I think that we can maybe still make a run and make it to the wild card or mm. as an eighth seed and, and see what happens. But um, it's getting tougher. It's anyway, getting so, tougher. so the actual report card grade uh, for Randall. Okay. Um, it's hard for me, man. Cause I think that if we had seen the conversion of his, uh, of his, his play this week into wins, then I would have been in the, in the a range, but I, I got to give him a B plus just because, his his play did not translate to wins except for the big win against Golden State, um, a game that nobody expected us to win. But then everyone completely expected us to win against the Trailblazers. I mean, it is just it's it's kind of heartbreaking. But uh, I, yeah, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to give him a B only because, you know what, I still don't like his field goal percentage. Um, you know, you're, you're, he's a little high still on turnovers too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're getting 28 on 23 attempts. You know, I would like to see a little bit more efficiency, especially the type of game that he plays. Although he does, he does kind of lean out toward the three point line, but in the last two games, uh, he's zero for seven from, from that range. And so, you yeah, know. but I mean, so, so this is where the whole rebound game comes into play is that he's, right. he's, he's missing shots, but he's getting his own rebounds. He's. He's he's hustling for his own ball, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Happen, so, so, know, I, like, so I like I, I you gotta I you gotta reward hustle. So the, this these are positive steps that we're seeing. Yeah. You know, he yeah. he's moving in the right direction finally. Yeah. Um. So that's why I'm I'm it's not, not gonna... too late. It's not too late, Nick's. He's still. Uh, it's okay. not too late. It's not okay. too late. It's not too late. Um. Before we wrap up, I I want to get your impressions on the Nets trade. Because that was that was that was a huge thing around here. Um, oh, that made me so happy. The beard is gone. So happy. So, do you think? Clearly, it it, it was it was great in terms of the short term for Philadelphia because now Philadelphia has that extra star, you know, mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. they got re- they got rid of the quote unquote malcontent in Ben Simmons, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it works well for Philadelphia in terms of the short term because now, you know, you can 
you can make the case they're legitimate NBA Finals contenders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but how does that work for the Nets? Now, the Nets, I, I still think that the Nets kind of made out like bandits in this oh, trade. They absolutely. You know? No question about it. But I, I think they're, 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 you're going to see the benefits this more long-term than in the short-term for them. Maybe. And, I, and the, re- the reason why that kind of be, can be a little bit problematic is because this team was kind of made for a win-now mentality, right? You've got Kyrie there. You've got uh, KD there. And you brought in Harden for the very specific reason of winning a championship this right. year. And now right. you're kind of walking away from that. And that is a little problematic, especially in terms of the fact that KD seems to be getting hurt a lot recently. Well, I mean, that's that's you know? that's, that's that's KD, you know? And it, it, yeah. it's kind of like indicative of uh, it's not a, it's it's kind of... Like that was always going to be the issue with having these guys on because the thing is the truth is that having the three of them on the on the floor at the same time they were nearly unstoppable they were thirteen yeah. and three in the sixteen games that they played together but that's the problem the problem is that in two seasons well a season and a half they only played sixteen times together because yeah. of injury because of Kyrie's you know stance on 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 the vaccine which um, it seems like it's potentially being I I think that. Kyrie will end up playing at home before the end of the season. I do believe so. Right. Because um, we, we're seeing those so, mandates being lifted. Yeah, exactly. All and, over I think, the country. and I think that, like, if Harden wasn't who he was, if he had stuck it out for the rest of the season and not, you know, requested a trade, basically, they might have been in good position to actually win, you know? Because if you have, when Kyrie's on the floor, He's he's a spectacle. So if you got Kyrie and Harden, or Kyrie and KD, or Kyrie, KD, and Harden, like it's it's just it's a spectacle of play. Um, but when you got someone like Harden that just doesn't want to be there anymore, even if he's on the play if he, on on the on the court, he's not doing anything. And that's really kind of what happened um, in in the last like twenty odd games um, from Harden's perspective. And I laughed because I called it. When the Nets were begging to bring Harden over, it's like you see what he did to the Rockets. You think that he wouldn't yeah. do that to you? I and know. you want that on your team? Are you kidding me? And everyone's did you, like, "No, we want it. We want it." I'm like, "Yo, like you guys are gonna reap what you sow. No yo, question yo, about it." Did you see? Did you see the video of um, the quote unquote draft for the All Star Game? Uh. Team LeBron versus Team KD, and it came. Oh down. yes, 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 and it, it came down. It came, it came down, down to, to Harden. <laughs> yeah. No. Let me tell man. you, LeBron was cracking up because he knew exactly what was going on at that point, and KD was trying to be very stoic and trying to keep himself together, and you know, not sh- coming up with all these reasons why not to draft James Harden. I, I found that completely hilarious. Um the, the the effects of this of this trade for the Nets is not going to show up until probably next year. I don't think maybe you're gonna, yeah. I don't think so. I don't, gonna... I don't think it's going to happen this year for sure. But here's no, one thing about Ben Simmons yeah. is that I have a like and mental health is a serious thing. Okay, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I believe it's one hundred percent serious. But given given how Ben Simmons was treating his relationship with the organization, um, him not wanting to play with them and wanting a trade. I don't think that it was a mental health issue. It became a mental health issue when he started getting fined and when it was like, well, you have to, you either play or you're just going to keep getting fined for every game you miss, this, that, and the other. Then he turned it into a mental health issue. 
which I'm just skeptical over that because it's very convenient that it's a mental health issue now that it's costing you as opposed right. to from the get. You know, right. I think that he's going to end up, you know, like, oh, I'm all good now. Put, put me in coach. Put me in coach. You know what I mean? And Ben Simmons is a great and amazing player. But I believe that, like, it's if if the organization does something wrong to you as a player, um, as an employee, any organization for that matter, as an employee, you should want out. But just because you don't like certain moves that they do, that you just want out. And he only started acting this way after he saw the success that Harden had in forcing his way out of Houston. You know, and you're seeing this in some other plays. We potentially are seeing that with Randall. Um it's 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 really difficult for me to accept that from a professionalism standpoint. You may not want to play for an organization, you may not want it, but you have a you're beholden, especially in, in sports, you're beholden to the fans that are paying for a ticket to go watch you, that are buying your jerseys, uh, and that are following you around whatever team you go. You're kind of you owe it to them to to show up to work. And choosing not to show up to work, Harden choosing not to show up for the Nets just because he wants to get traded and he just doesn't feel like being there is, 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 is such a betrayal of the fan. And it's unforgivable to me because I'm, I'm the one you, you get paid millions of dollars to play the game. I, you know, if I'm working, if I'm working minimum wage so that I can pay for my cable service or buy a ticket in the bleachers or buy like a, 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 a cheaper replica version of your Jersey, because I love how you play. That's a disservice to me who is spending hard-earned cash that I maybe can't spend on you for playing millions of dollars, getting paid millions of dollars to 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 whine and complain about like, oh, I, I, I don't vibe with the team anymore. Come on, man. Show up. So the one last thing I want to I want to say about this is in, in terms of Ben Simmons and how he's going to fit with the Brooklyn Next, because um, one one of the criticisms, I guess it's a criticism. I don't know, is his lack of wanting to shoot the ball. He he's he's kind of a guy that defers, which for his position, right, as a point guard, is kind of kind of what you want, right? You mm-hmm. want you want him, and him being a six eleven point guard is ridiculous, yeah, right? That is crazy. But Brooklyn already has a point guard in Kyrie Irving. And and so, how do you how do you put those two guys on the floor at the same time? You know, um, how how is it that because if you're going to put him as a point guard, right, six eleven, that means you're taking six foot two Kyrie Irving and moving him over into the into the shooting guard position, and shooting guards they're generally they're generally taller and a little bit more athletic and stuff, right? Do you leave them? I don't them? know. Do you I don't know, and over? I don't care because I'm not you a know? Nets fan. The Nets can go kick rocks. He's a, he's a very very interesting study, and I don't know how he's going to fit with the Nets right now because I mean, and I don't care. <laughs> I do right. not care. I guess that answers my that question, right? The fact that I can laugh in y'all's faces. Sorry, guys, but. You can't come in here and say that you're you, you guys are the other New York team. You're not the New York team. I don't care how bad the Knicks suck. We suck right now. But you can't come in here with your with your fancy smanshy little, you know, I want to say big three, which it's not anymore, 
and be like, oh, we're going to take over the city. We're going to bring a championship. No, you're not. And no, you didn't. So it's over. The honeymoon is over. Get out of here. Yeah. It, it's going to be very, very interesting, though. It, it really, really is. Um, but, hey, you know, and, and you bring in Seth Curry, who's a shooting guard. You you kind of have a log jam right there in the backcourt. I, you know? I, I do I do believe that what they brought in are tradable assets. I don't think that these guys are going to be long-term. I don't think Seth Curry is going to be long-term. I don't think the draft picks that they got this year are long-term. I think these are tradable assets that they're going to have in the offseason. Yeah. he's Seth Curry's not a bad little player, though. I mean, he's not. You know, he's, he's, he just he's a, maybe he's doesn't fit in the scheme. Or yeah. maybe there's, there's something that the, that the Nets know that we don't know. Maybe Kyrie Irving wants to leave. Maybe KD wants to leave. You know, maybe they're going to start requesting oh, trades. That is I a don't disa- care. That is a disaster for the Nets. Oh, you know what? If that happens, it just gives me more reason to laugh, and it's comic relief for me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All, right. All right. On that note, that would have been the most awesome. Well, not would have. It is. It is the most awesome way to end this. And that is the Gabe and Wall Show. There you go. Don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe. Make sure you guys follow us. Share this episode with somebody that you agree or disagree, don't agree with or we think doesn't agree with us or whatever. Maybe anything that will cause you to share and hit the share button right now. Please do so right now. But thank you guys for joining us, and I hope you guys had a lot of fun. Sure we did. Yep. So on that note, congratulations, LA Rams. Peace out, people. Peace.